Have you ever felt like banging your head up against a wall when starting something new? You feel like you really want to do this intuitive eating thing, but your life is just not simple enough to make it work. If this is you, listen into this episode, my friend. Welcome to the Love Your Food, Love Yourself, Love Your Life podcast. I am Tammy, your fun-loving and often quirky host. I have been a dietitian for close to 20 years where I've helped countless women transform not only their relationship with food, but more importantly themselves. I believe to my core that as you start peeling back the layers to loving your food and yourself, you end up loving your life like never before. And now is the time, my friend. It is time to break up with diet culture, shift your current stories, rev up your internal wisdom, and recognize that everybody regardless of size, not only deserves dignity and respect, but can be healthy because your habits and how you love on yourself is truly what matters. In this podcast, we have real conversations about struggles, insecurities, and false beliefs with loving ourselves and each other through the lens of curiosity, anti-judgment, intuitive eating, spirituality, journaling, and a heaping dose of laughter maybe some tears, but always a whole lot of realness. Hey friends, it's Tammy Lance here and I have my good friend, Beth Basham here. Want to say, Hey Beth. Hey everyone. Glad to be back. (laughs) Yes. So today we're going to really be talking about how to make intuitive eating work for you, not against you. And when you start into intuitive eating, you probably are thinking it's supposed to be a certain way, right? You're learning about it. And then you get this picture in your brain of this is what it's supposed to look like. This is how so-and-so did it. And so that means that's exactly what it's supposed to look like in my life. And you do these things and you're really quote unquote good, right? For a few days, but then life starts to take over. While some of what may be happening is you have some brain habits. And we discussed this in episode 41. So if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back and listen. But also sometimes it's just a matter of life is happening. (laughs) Your life is happening and you might just be putting too much pressure on yourself to be perfect. I'm curious, Beth, have you ever fallen into this trap of perfectionism? Huh, me? No. (laughs) absolutely yes yes I have (laughs) still do from time to time yeah it it happens right and so we we fall into these little traps and so this is actually the first tip here is that we really want to release that idea that intuitive eating needs to look a certain way okay so I invite you to Sit back and just take a minute to reflect and think about what am I expecting intuitive eating to look like in my life? Okay. And really then just let go of those expectations. Okay. This is not going to be the only when you're hungry, you must decide to eat perfectly. You have to do everything exactly the way that somebody has told you. You just need to let go of all of those expectations and really lean into your own experience. Figure out how this is going to work for you and what out of all of the things that you're learning 
can you start to adopt right now? And don't fall into the trap of thinking, I have to do all of it at the same time. I have to do everything I'm learning about right, right now. And it has to be a certain way. Just let go of that. (laughs) And I know that that's easier said than done, but truly, 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 this is going to really help you be successful with incorporating intuitive eating into your life is to let go of those expectations that you're putting on yourself and your journey. And Tammy, would you say it's also letting go of the all or nothing thinking in a way? Mm -hmm. Because we've been conditioned by diet culture that trains us that we have to eat this way to be right. And if we eat that way, we're wrong. There's a lot of black and white or all or nothing thinking that we have been influenced by. So it makes sense if you are feeling like you step on this journey, it has to look a certain way. So I know that's one of the greatest challenges of our clients that we work with is releasing that and living in the gray, so to speak, or, (laughs) or living in the spaces between where things don't have to be perfect. And in fact, by releasing perfectionism and releasing this notion that it has to look a certain way, that's actually where the freedom lies in intuitive eating, isn't it? Yep, exactly. Absolutely, absolutely. I couldn't have said that better. Yeah, so tip number one, I mean, just a quick recap, it's just releasing this idea that it has to be, there's a right or a wrong way to do intuitive eating. I think that's really the the take home here. Um, and with that, you know, I use the example of, I've, I've talked to people who who recognize that okay, I want to listen to my body and honor what it wants moment to moment. So they, they say, okay, well, I can't meal plan anymore, right? So therefore I can't go grocery shopping. How will I know what I need on Tuesday when it's Sunday? <laughs> so there's this, again, this notion that it has to look a certain way. And that's where I want to step into step number two is that we have to learn how to allow intuitive eating to become one with our mission in life. And in other words, our mission in life, so maybe you're a mom, maybe you're a CEO, maybe you're this, maybe you're that, right? You identify as something. Your mission in life needs to mesh with your mission in food. Mm -hmm. So in other words, you know, that mom who has forever meal planned because that is what's worked for her family. She steps onto the intuitive eating journey and she's like, oh my gosh, but what if on Tuesday I don't want lasagna and we actually want a salad, right? Like there's this inflexibility of thinking there, right? So I invite those of you who are thinking of your own examples to recognize that this isn't about stopping meal planning, right? It's about recognizing the tools that work for you and allowing those and then letting the journey unfold from there. So in this example that I provided, yeah, maybe on Tuesday, the family doesn't feel like lasagna, but I imagine you've filled your fridge and your pantry with other options for the rest of the week. You can flip your Tuesday and Thursday plan around. Um, You'd rather have Mexican because it just sounds good to the family or to you. So you flip things around. That's that flexibility of thinking that can come along with this journey. And yeah, maybe you do have a craving for something you don't have available in your home. And that's again, where you need to be flexible and recognize, okay, I'm going to take a breath. Is there anything else in my pantry that can satisfy what I need right now? And if not recognize that the body will likely continue craving that thing until the next time you can get to the store and and buy the thing, right? We've all had those experiences where we think about something. This is just random. I think one time I was like, I really want popcorn. You know, it's just a random 
And I was hungry at the time, but I didn't have popcorn. (laughs) And so I found something else that did satisfy the hunger, but there was still kind of that little, I want popcorn. And so, you know, the next time I went to the store about popcorn and then I had my serving of it and I was satisfied and I was no longer thinking about the popcorn, but we don't have to always kind of instantly satisfy those things that our body is, is asking for is kind of what you're saying, right, Beth? Yeah. And maybe we do have the thing and we satisfy it instantly, but it's again, that flexibility of thinking and to take this even into a more philosophical (laughs) level, you know, I want everyone listening to think about what your why is in life. Like, what are you here to do? Mm -hmm. And the example I just mentioned lends itself to like a stay at home mom or someone who, you know, we're meal planning and all that's really important, but maybe you work a really high level career that you love and you're really busy. So meal planning is like out of the question, you know, um, perhaps you work part-time and, and you don't really like to cook, or maybe you love to cook, right? Think about the things that you enjoy in the context of food or don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. I've worked with people who hate cooking and the way that we approach intuitive eating is a little different than the person who loves to be in the kitchen and finds the kitchen to be a space where they really connect with their food, right? We don't want anyone to feel like they're forced into a box that they don't fit in. So if you love cooking, embrace that on your intuitive eating journey. If you hate cooking, embrace that. You don't have to be a gourmet cook to make intuitive eating work for you, especially in the environment most of us live in. Our grocery stores and and different food places have options that can satisfy the cravings that we have moment to moment. So you know, even if we can't make um, creme brulee when we want it, we could probably go buy it, <laughs> right? So the idea here is, is to allow intuitive eating to mesh with the lifestyle that you wish to maintain. So if you are working high-level career and you want to order a meal service, right? You want someone to deliver your groceries to your home because you don't have time or don't want to make the time to go to the grocery store, that will be part of your intuitive eating journey. Mm-hmm. And it may be it may be that, you know, you, you go with one of those meal planning services that delivers the box to your door and, and it takes 20 minutes to create a meal. And then you're going to have a stay at home mother who loves cooking and that's her, her love language for her children and her family. So she spends time online looking for recipes and putting things together and that fills her heart. And it's also in alignment with her intuitive eating journey. So the basic take home here is Decide like what's important to you. There's not a right or a wrong, right? We don't need to be perfect with this and see how intuitive eating can actually fit into your career, the responsibilities you currently have, not the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that takes us kind of into our, our third tip here on, you know, really how to make intuitive eating work for you and not against you. And that is that, you know, you need to honor the season of life that you find yourself in. So going a little bit further, as Beth has already mentioned, in terms of, you know, job, responsibilities, family, et cetera, honoring maybe what age you're at or the stage of life that you're in, because whether you're maybe in your 20s or 30s, 40s, 60s, you name it, all of these different seasons of our life brings about different parts of life and how you're experiencing your life at whatever age you are or stage 
is not going to be the same as somebody who's in a different one. And it doesn't make any of the stages or ages, you know, again, right or wrong. It's just a matter of honoring kind of where you're at in your life. And also looking at, Beth already mentioned it a little bit, but, you know, family. And so whether you have children or not, or maybe you have um, roommates or whoever you're sharing food with, okay, you want to have these conversations with them and kind of bring them into the conversation, let them in on what you're doing and allowing for, again, that flexibility a little bit. So that can sometimes be a conversation. One person might want lasagna and the other person might want chicken, right? If we're, if we're doing this, but sometimes it might be a, having that conversation and openness to say, well, I want this today and you want this. So let's maybe flip and flop or, Hey, maybe we'll make both meals tonight. And then the next night we can flip flop and have the leftovers of the other one, right? Like just getting really creative of how this is going to work for yourself and anyone else that's involved and also be thinking about, again, what works for you in terms of, do you have the ability to you know do the cooking or the desire to do the, the cooking and such? If you're thinking, oh, well, I don't know barely how to cook and, or I don't like to cook. Like Beth said, you don't have to cook, right? You don't have to really do anything different. It's just more about getting creative with what works for you. And also if you have a medical situation of of any sort or medical diagnosis, you still want to honor that, right? You want to honor that season, that part of your life and allow that to be a part of the conversation within your intuitive eating journey. Again, the intuitive eating journey does not look the same for anybody. And that's the beauty of it, right? It's not a one-size-fits-all eating plan. <laughs> it's a, you discover for yourself, really, what's what's going to work for you. Yeah, Tammy, just to reiterate, we all have different seasons in our life. And when you were talking, it made me think about how I did food when I was in my 20s mm. versus how I do food into my late 30s. You know, it looks very, very different. Um, I cook a lot more because I do have a young child and, you know, a spouse and we do eat a lot more at home. But when I was in my twenties, I ate out a lot more and that flexibility and that ability to be flexible in my mind and with my food allowed me to honor the season of life that I was in and that I will continue to be in because I know that into the next decades of my life, it's going to continue to look different and I'll lean on different resources for food or We'll have different conversations about food <laughs> and that's all good. That actually is why intuitive eating can be so great because when you start to honor and lean into those seasons of your life and start to mesh your mission in life with your mission with food, a, the conversation in your head gets less frantic, <laughs> you know, like the obsession about food gets less frantic because you're just honoring where you're at. But also when you do this, you start to honor your health in a deeper and more profound way mm-hmm. in my experience. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, friends. Well, let's wrap this episode up here. And here is your transformational takeaway for this episode. Intuitive eating does not need to look like anything specific. In fact, it's quite individual. So make it work for you, your life, and your mission. 
Thank you so much for taking precious time out of your day to connect here. You listened because there is some part of you that is interested in learning to love your food, love yourself, and love your life. But if you're like most women, you have already been down this road before, wishing, hoping, and wanting for something to finally actually work, but things don't change. That being said, if you're committed to creating long-term change, then whatever you do, consider joining our brand new Uplift community. It's a private and safe Facebook community where you're supported by peers and two professional dietitians and intuitive eating counselors. Again, thank you so much for being here. Much love.